Hey Mavericks, it is Francis, your Chief Curiosity Maverick coming at you on a Friday afternoon from Denver. And for those that are keeping track, today is actually the 1st of May. So you might have survived the month of April in quarantine, in lockdown, whatever it may be. Uh, but I'm super excited. We have got two amazing guests from the Ohio Masonic home, Scott Buchanan and Katie Westfall. So we're gonna learn how they're using technology and some other features here to really enhance that communication experience during this COVID pandemic or COVID era. Uh, and, but before I do that, I wanna give a quick thank you to our amazing sponsors who power the show. I wanna give a thank you to Assured Partners, Heartland Pharmacy, who is a fantastic long-term care pharmacy, Fading Memories, which is a must listen to podcast and Routinify, which is helping to connect seniors and older adults in their home with technologies for well visits for all that through their amazing app and with that i'm going to turn it over to Catherine wells our very popular and very important chief inspiration member <laughs> thanks francis uh Catherine wells here on a friday and super excited we had a, a fabulous uh collaboration circle earlier today that was the first of its kind and we'll be inviting all of you to join us at future collaboration circles um but today we're super excited to talk with scott and katie and scott kind of tricked katie to into being on she didn't even know it. a little bit she's pretty she's pretty on the ball though it sounds like they've got some fun things going on there really excited to hear about those um scott why don't you start tell our audience a little bit about who you are and what you do and how you got into senior care um my name is Scott Buchanan with the Ohio Masonic Home. Um, the home has been around for since 1892. The building I'm sitting in right now was built in 1892 and opened in 1895. Um, three campuses throughout Ohio, um, one in Waterville, Ohio, cool south of Toledo, one between Columbus and Dayton and Springfield, and one in Medina, Ohio, just a little south of Cleveland. Um, we have been around, again, almost 130 years, 127, 128 years. Um, gone from uh, home for children to senior care today. Um, I've been in the business uh, 25 years, roughly. I started in um, long-term health care and got out, went into public accounting and hospitals and then came back. And uh, the reason I left was there was no continuity of care between my grandmother actually passed away in a facility I was responsible for because she broke her hip and a couple weeks later, something else, one of her other um, diagnoses, if you will, is what took her life and there was no continuity in care that was pretty common back then so i told myself i wasn't going to get back in unless i could make a difference and i saw that opportunity here about uh man it's been almost seven years now wow That's fabulous i mean not a fabulous story at all but <laughs> but um we all have our personal stories and personal reasons for getting into this and what i love that you said was I only wanted to do it if I knew I could make a difference. Absolutely, and it's it's uh, it's not a job; it's a calling. It's it's a, it's very rewarding to work in this industry and see the impact on on the lives, not only of the residents but staff and the families and everyone you touch. It's it doesn't feel like much of a job, even at 12, 15 hours a day. It just it's what we do, right? Agreed. Absolutely agree. Katie, tell us a little bit about you. Sure. So I'm the corporate director of marketing for the Ohio Masonic Home. I've been with the organization about two years now. Um, prior to that, I worked um, on the for-profit side in automotive. So 
um, with marketing and communication. So I've been with the team now for about two years. Cool. What drew you over to uh, to this side from a significant difference between automotive and, uh, yeah. and senior living? Yeah, absolutely. It's a complete, complete switch. But, um, you know, Scott hit it home with it's a calling it's it's what we're we're made to do and so the connections you make every single day with staff and with community members if there's nothing like it so i wouldn't change anything that's awesome so let's kind of dive a little deeper what what are the services provided by you know masonic what do you what do you guys do for your residents we um provide service pretty much the whole gamut of services from independent living assisted living um ale dementia skilled dementia um, we have some other programs on the, beyond that. We have a resource center for all the Masons in Ohio. We serve about 70,000 Masons and their families. So if you extrapolate it, it's about a quarter of a million that we're really responsible for. Wow. So we have uh, five individuals that in a 1-800 line and systems in place that if they have a need, we'll go out and assess that need. So it's really kind of dynamic. Wow. So you guys are, are definitely uh, busy, to say the least. <laughs> Lots going on. Yeah. How many people do you serve? Roughly 800 residents on the campuses, um, about 600 employees, and then throughout the state. I think it's about a quarter million to extrapolate who's who's in that that belt. There's about 70,000 Masons in Ohio, so if you extrapolate that to their families, wow, that is a, a big impact. Good for you. So um, we met Scott at yeah. Senior Living Transformation Summit in Boston at the end of February. And um, that's how we came to be talking today. So happy we met you there. Yes. We were just talking before we went on air about how that was such a different kind of event that it really was bringing true forward thinkers from all different areas together to really communicate and collaborate. And that's, of course, what we're all about here at Mavericks. Um, and what, uh, what these folks are doing at the Ohio Masonic Homes is really pushing on technology. That's the one thing that we want to talk about today. Um, pushing on technology to bring your residents and your families together a little bit more during COVID. So tell us a little bit about what you're doing. So about five and a half years ago, we really took a, a hard look at infrastructure. We've got a lot of old buildings on the campus I'm sitting on that are in tunnels. And, and then the other two campuses are 20 to 30 years old. So we, we took a really hard look at infrastructure to make sure we had infrastructure in place to, to, to be able to then take the technology on and, and really push that as a, to the forefront. We, we built some villas at one of our campuses that have a fiber circuit in them, and we go ahead and push um, internet into the into the building so they don't have to buy it from a provider. So there's a wow. secure network and an open architecture network that the person can literally live there the rest of their lives. And if a physician wants to monitor them, they can bring the device in not invasive there's a switch in the garage and outlet so that they don't have to look at it either so it makes it much more home not having all that stuff sitting around and, and being able to work and you know the grandkids like the fact that we have a gig running into those homes as well they can play their games and stream things with grandma and grandpa when they visit as well so that was one piece we've also um we're early adopters in technology with tablets we were one of the first clients for breezy um, in the United States. And Breezy is a tablet for seniors, um, the Samsung tablet, and it's tailored to that person's likes and and um, for entertainment, um, socialization. It's really geared on social isolation. And so that was about five years ago as well. Scott, how do you spell Breezy so I can share it for our audience? B R E E Z I E. 
Yeah, I know. I did the same thing all the time. <laughs> That's so cool. So are you are you seeing a lot of ad, uh, are residents welcoming to using that tablet? Are you seeing any pushback? Um, We've pushed it about four and a half. I think it's been almost five years ago. And at first you had those residents that go, I didn't have one of these for 60 years and I don't need one now. Okay. And now those same individuals, you, you couldn't pry out of their hand if you had to. So we, <laughs> right. We've used that for a while. And then we saw what was coming with COVID in early March. Okay. And, and um, we have a procurement group internally. And those gentlemen went out and purchased 200 additional iPads. And we put a, a device manager on the front end of it so we can push content to both. So now we can push content. We've got about 250 devices out there plus devices people had that we can push content to. So that's just one way we're keeping folks connected. Um, anybody that wants them, some folks have their own device. Um, we have a, an individual that's 101 years old at one of our campuses that is the sharpest I've ever met. He's smarter than most kids I meet with technology. His, his, uh, his apartment's wired for sound, and uh, wow. I, think, I think it's for the ladies. I think it's so they can dim the lights and turn the TV <laughs> on and all of that. But, uh, <laughs> but it's been fun to watch. You've got, we've gone from, you know, I don't need this, to you have, you know, George there that uh, <laughs> has really adapted it. And what's really interesting is he adapted because it's giving him tremendous value, right? right so absolutely. And he's, he's oh. kind of done that on his own. It was, it's been a lot of fun. But you've had, it's all gamuts. It's, it's been fun to watch folks that were maybe a little scared of it or didn't want to deal with it, take it and run with it. Give us some of the use cases for it. How are, tell us a story of how it would be used in daily life. Um, what we've done here recently, we pushed all the COVID information that we need to, any messaging. Um, we loaded on the iPads that we bought, and we did the same thing with Breezy. We loaded all of the um, insurance plans that are prominent in Ohio so that they could get telehealth if they needed it. So all they have to do is push a button, put their insurance information, they're connected. Um, we loaded up um, the first round, about 30 different sites for around the world for virtual tours and places you can go and visit. And so they kept them entertained. And we just pushed another 60 of those last night. So we're really using it for all, all purposes. Um, we also put, you know, they have FaceTime on the iPads already. We pushed Google and many of the other ways to connect on those devices. And then our team is helping helping the residents learn how to use those or folks that already know how connect to their family. So it's been been very rewarding. And then the Breezy's already have that capability, very simple, simplified. So it's allowed our residents to stay connected to each other, but as well as their families and their grandkids and, and everyone during this time and us to connect with them as well. It's a way that we can dial and talk to them as well. That's amazing. What what an incredible gift during this so such a difficult time. And at the end of February, when we saw you in Boston, none of us knew. I mean, we no. had thing, there's something coming where you know we knew what was going on overseas, but had no idea how it was going to impact us all. And you were able to, I guess, adapt or pivot so quickly to this. What do you attribute that to? Um, the team of people around us. We have a, a culture within the organization we call the culture of we, and it's literally everybody. So it doesn't matter what you do. We're all in it together, and, and we, we all look at it that way. So we have a, a, a wonderful team of people that were really, really have been able to step up and do anything we ask, and, and they take it and run with it. So it's been, been great. It's very, we're very fortunate to have the people that we have and the culture that we have to be able to pull things like this off. That's what makes it go. It's people. And we're very fortunate to have those people. 
have you guys looked at much into uh you know i know the robots the, the kind of companion robots have you guys done any looking into that type of technology at all not yet we saw a, a competitor that had one right at the beginning okay. of this and we all went hey where'd that come from okay so that'll be next on the list okay um, we have the we have the infrastructure to pull that off but no we haven't yet it's they're very intriguing there's a company here in ohio up around our facility in Medina that has 20 of those i think Wow. Run around and, and tell jokes and interact with everybody. So we spoke with the the executive director of the Ohio Assisted Living Association. That's correct, yes. And and I think we know who you're talking about. Um, and we saw little pictures of the, the robot. And you know, I think that's a wonderful thing. They're they're Absolutely. wonderful entertainment and, and can be fun companionship. Um and you know, in today's world we should be we should be looking at that. Absolutely. Um, tell us some of your favorite stories about the tablet. Um, one that really strikes a, a chord a couple of weeks ago, um, one of our, uh, Molly Good, who handles marketing for one of our facilities, and Mark Harris with our foundation, had a family that um, the wife lives with us and her husband lives in a nursing facility that's not ours. Um, he was um, suffering from COVID pretty bad. He's passed since. And there was no way for the family to connect. So they were quick on their feet. They grabbed one of the iPads, took it to this facility, and just gave it to them. They still have it to use with other residents. They can do whatever they want with it. We don't care. We want to make sure that people are connected. And they were able to connect the family, the husband and wife, and the entire family got to spend time with them up until his last breath. So that's awesome. That's, that's been one of many stories like that where it's had a huge impact that you just, you know, you know you're doing it for the right reasons, and thank God we have these things available and we were able to do that. But we have um, individuals at that same facility that live on campus and next door, maybe the wife goes over, there's a nursing center next to us that's not ours, and we're able to keep, keep the families connected. There's been a lot of that. Um, we had a, a young lady turn 100 years old on the campus I'm sitting on, and we did a virtual 100, 100th birthday party with her on one of the tablets. <laughs> That's awesome. Many stories like that. How did that look? What did it look like? I don't know, Katie, you were closer to that than I was. How'd that, how'd that go? Yeah, I mean, it was set up through Zoom and it was, um, you know, all of the family and the grandkids were able to join and sing happy birthday and, and wish their grandma a happy 100th birthday. It was amazing. The team just set up, they were originally supposed to all come onto campus, you know, and the pandemic happened. So, they were quick to still make it very special for her and they had cake and balloons and, and everything, but it was really, really cool to see, you know, everybody come together to still make her, her birthday so special for her. Wow. So a hundred and then you have a hundred and one year old and like you have a few, a few pioneers there. You have a, quite a few centurions. It's actually awesome. centurions we have on our campus. I love it. Very well. That's the great part. And, you know, George grabbing the technology has just been fun to watch. Um, we know his son and daughter very well, and I hope they're watching. But um, he, he will go get devices from his local Verizon store and build their account. It's awesome. <laughs> and build their account? Oh, I can't wait to do that. Word on the street is anytime there's a new device that comes out, he just goes and gets it because he wants to know what the new bells and whistles are. That's awesome. <laughs> With your tablets, just kind of going back to those bright spots, and I know you know we're in this COVID era. Are you guys finding it's helping reduce that feel of isolation for your residents? Or absolutely, um, the tablets along with um, phone calls. So our foundation staff 
and we have the resource center staff make calls to all the residents on the campuses and then we have staff on the campuses that their full-time job is working with the residents okay and what's been nice is is if if somebody gets a phone call we let them know it's there and if they're isolated and we've got plenty of stories where handing them a tablet and connecting with their family just really really keeps them moving and going and you know, you know as well as i do in this business social isolation is horrible so it has it has it's been great and that's what worries me is that we need to adapt a little bit quicker i think because right now in colorado we've got you know all the facilities we had to submit our isolation plans by today because of the governor's work but what they're failing to take into account is what isolating people in their rooms and not connecting them with things, what is that going to do mentally for them, right, as this right, right. progress? Um, like all of us, I, I go home and turn the TV off. I don't want to hear the word COVID or yeah. pandemic or anything after after you, you've had enough during the day. So we want our residents to disconnect from that as well and right. be able to, to do something else. That's why we thought the virtual tours and, and things like that would give them something to keep them busy. And if we can get the device in their hands, what we found is, is They'll adapt to it a little bit, and then you know the grandkids come around, or the grandkids get on and say, "Hey, you know, mom or grandma's using an iPad now. Look at look at this." Yeah, that's what's cool. That's that's I think you guys are doing is so cool. Is you're breaking that norm around aging, right? Is just right. because they're older doesn't mean they can't use technology. Right. Um, Absolutely. That's what I think is awesome. I want to give a quick uh, acknowledgement. We've got a couple people watching. I don't. Joe's watching from Pittsburgh, so he appreciates everything you guys are doing. <laughs> <laughs> hey Joe, uh, we got a, a, another guy, Josh, watching from Seattle. So hi, um, Josh. <laughs> so I always like to give a, you know, we really, it's intriguing to see how, when you're forward thinking like your team is, to really able to break those stereotypes, right? The the gig coming into houses, you know, that type of use of tech, which is actually beneficial during this time, right? And one of the things we spoke about in Boston is it doesn't cost you, the infrastructure doesn't have to cost you a lot. We partner with a team from a, a company that, that does our outsource called DataServe, they're outsourced IT, and they do a lot of schools in Ohio. So we don't have to own all those server farms for that technology. It sits someplace else and we share it. So you can do it a whole lot less expensive than, than going out and buying it and having to own it yourself. And it's redundant and you know, there's backups and it's done the right way. So it's very that, that was the most important part getting out of the gate was making sure that infrastructure was solid but now you can play with anything you want right we got to go get some of those robots you were talking about yeah i mean that's i mean that's the part that's intriguing to me is 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 where senior living is i felt has always been archaic in our processes we're 15 20 years behind mainstream <laughs> business uh, and i want to know now is this kind of the shot in the arm that you think senior living needed to be like hey it's time we catch up. I think folks like Carrie Shaw with Embodied Labs and some of the, the critical thinkers out there are going to—they're the ones pushing the envelope. You know, to be able to sit someone down and put virtual reality equipment on them and make them understand what it's like to be that person with the disease is amazing. Mm -hmm. It was a—we had a huge impact with our staff and going down that path just because before they walked in that room with one of our residents, they understood what that was like. They had a feel for. And it created that empathy, right? It creates that empathy for, wow, I know what I'm, now I know more about what I'm dealing with when I walk in. And we've done some things without using technology that were unique as well in some of our dementia units and creating environments where um, it, it strikes that memory or you kind of figure out where that person is. We have a gentleman that's a math teacher in one of our units and we have a desk and a typewriter, an old typewriter from the 30s and folders. And one of our nurses took an old math test, you know, 
junior high math test and did some of the problems wrong and left it there until he found it. But once he found it, he graded it and he went and found her. So that created that open oh. where he's at, right? So that a lot cool. of those, but that's, that's the team and the thinking that's, you know, Kara Schuster that handles our, our clinical side, has a whole strategic plan around dementia, but you can do things in tie, in tie technology to it. So you've heard of the, the, the rooms that you use the technology with that, that create stimulation for, for the disease, but, um, you know, carries on the forefront of the training and, and what it's like. And then you have, you know, other ways to get there and you can tie them all together. Wow. That, that, that math story is really cool. That, that math. Yeah, I love that math story. <laughs> I love that. So before we went live on air too, you were talking about how long you've owned the Breezy tablet. So you guys have had this implemented for a little while, right? Right. And what has been your learning over this period of time? We, um, we have been a, a huge beta test with it, which has been great because we've been able to put buttons. Uh, I think they call them tiles on there. So if, tiles, Jay's, yep. if Jay's watching right now, he's gonna, the guy that invented it, he's going to get after me. But we've been able to put uh, tiles on there that allow someone to push a button if they need a, a ride someplace or have an appointment they need to go to. So we were able to, to, to work with the, the folks from Breezy and look at um, operational um, components of our business and see how that works for the residents and make things easier for them and, and right at their fingertips. So there's been all kinds of different uh, projects throughout that five years that have allowed us to really test how technology works and how that can assist um, the operation side of the business. And to your point, you know, we, we, we are very archaic and, and old in our thinking and it's, it's allowed, hey, I can push a button, it goes right to a calendar for the, the driver, he knows who to go get. And it's easy for everybody. Repairs, you know, repairs and maintenance, all that kind of stuff. We've been able to do that with. Uh, we've used it for the chefs from some of our campuses have recorded videos and done vlogs, and they were doing the meal of the week. So the folks that had the tablets would push and, hey, I'm going to cook this meal in my, in my apartment tonight. So it's really been great. Wow, that's so amazing! Yeah. And I, I want to give you a huge shout out uh, for being a community that is willing to try new technologies and being open-minded and wanting and inviting those in because that's what it takes for those of us who are on the the provider the vendor side who um, feel that we might be able to help in some way we can't do that unless we have partners like you that can help us learn what needs to be done and how we can best support you so i have a huge shout out to you guys for for being that kind of an open environment to test things and and bring your community into you know modern day and make life easier for you guys, but also mostly for your residents and their thank families. You very much. And we're looking. Thank you very much. Very very much. We we also want to look at you know when I talked about people a minute ago, it's really people that make it go. So we're also focused on and trying to dive in on the workflow side to understand. How many mundane tasks are our staff doing and caring for our residents every day? How, many, how much of that can we automate or, or do something else with so that they can spend that same time having a real relationship with the person and not going in and writing things down and running back to get into a system? Or, so that's, that's kind of one of the other things we're looking at. So it's, it's the people side. It's the right thing to do, right? It's, you do it because it's the right thing to do. Yeah. Absolutely, you know, I think the team makes, like I said, team makes everything go around. And, and so, Katie, how have you seen your role kind of shift right now in this time period? Um, um, everything that was on my desk on that corner got shoved off. And 
I have a COVID <laughs> calendar and a daily phone call and <laughs> a list of supplies back on the board back here and things to do. They're all related to PPE. Okay. Learned a lot of new acronyms. Yeah, I think communication has been a huge piece or huge key to this whole thing. Um, and we've looked at not only just traditional forms of communication like letters or phone calls, but we have an employee app um, for all of our employees that has COVID information on it, has, you know, events coming up, all just looking at different ways we can communicate across the board. That isn't just your traditional forms because we understand that everybody communicates differently. So um, that's been a huge um, key piece of this pandemic is just communication across all those different platforms. That's awesome. We've had to talk about the counter on the website. We've had cases at one of our our communities and unfortunately lost some residents as a result. And um, there's a reporting requirement, very stringent reporting requirement in Ohio. And as you know, we're not in the media always getting the best. Uh, the best name for our business, but Katie, talk about some of the things your, your team's done in that sense from a communication standpoint. Yeah, so we created a dashboard on our website that's a counter for all of our communities. So how many days it's been since we've had a confirmed case um, and how many active cases we currently have and things like that. So we're transparent with those communications. So if anyone has any questions, they can easily go out to our website to see that. Um, and it's updated every single day. Um, with that information. And I mentioned the employee app before, you know, we've been communicating through that, through emails, through robocalls to families and, and to community members and to staff. Just communication has been just across the board the, the most important through this for us. And that's how my role has changed the most is just how can we be proactive in those communications, not reactive. Would you say your communications actually improved because of COVID, that you've been more conscious of it than it was prior? I would say so. I'd say we're just trying to be as transparent as possible with everyone that we serve. That's awesome. That's I applaud that as well too. I mean, that's a serious kudos because especially with your size, being able to dive in and really make that a priority, I think says a lot about your organization and your willingness to 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 share and be truthful and open with your families, which I, I think is the best way to go about it. So I I, I applaud that. So yeah. make sure there's no fear on their side. You know, we're we're they've they've been They've opened their arms and, and put their loved ones in our hands, and we have to make sure that we're just an extension of the family, and we, we respect that and communicate and make sure they we re reduce as much of that fear. The, the Facebook Live um, that Katie put together, her, her and her team put together, allowed the president of the campus and I to go back and forth having questions and do exactly that to allow the residents or families or anybody that had questions to ask. And one uh, one of our residents sent a question in before. I forget what it, it was funny. It was something about... Um, Doing using ultraviolet light to, to go through the skilled unit and, and uh, sanitize it. I'm like, well, I'll have to look into that. I'm not sure they have a unit that big, but hey. <laughs> <laughs> but that's interesting, and and that's how you get new ideas. Is that kind of collaboration? Absolutely. That's, Absolutely. That would be that's that's an intriguing, that's an interesting question idea. Yeah, she's, it was out of the blue. I'm like, you know, she's got a point. We need to check yeah. that. Yeah. So I have a question that I always ask at the end of each episode, and I'll ask each of you individually, and it doesn't have to be a business answer. It can be a personal answer. Standing one year from today, what do you hope we have learned through this process that we carry forward and change, make change to improve the world? And Scott, we'll start with you since you tricked Katie into being on. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. 
One thing we've learned, um, really how to work more together as an industry with the other industries. I think we do very well within our space. Um, I think this is forced, what I've seen with the hospitals is more, much more conversation and transparency about where things, with residents back and forth. Um, and um, also just from a, um, really from a supply chain standpoint, being able to not, if we can get something and somebody else can't, how do we work together to make sure everybody has what they need? It was very, you know, Ohio is a very populous state, about 11 million people. And it was, you know, myself and some other CEOs that are part of Linkage have had issues. And at, at the beginning, it was, you know, it's very upsetting when you can't give the people doing the work on the front lines what they need to do it with. And especially when cases start ramping up. So I think, I think we have to learn how to, you know, respond and, and be more cohesive as an, as a, in the healthcare industry overall. Great. Thank you, Katie. Now you're on, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> that was a really good answer. It's hard to follow that one. Um, oh, yeah, I, was gonna say, I would say collaboration. I, I think that goes along with what Scott said. You know, it's amazing when this happened, how many people stepped forward and just offered to help in any way, shape or form. It didn't matter titles or, you know, or what you were in charge with. They just wanted to step up and help. And we've had so many people offer, you know, with face shields and masks and, and technology and different things. So I just think collaboration um, and, and just welcoming that across all platforms so it's not so siloed will be what, what we learn from this. Yeah, our chief, to her point, our chief clinical officer found a school teacher with a 3D printer that printed um, headpieces to put basically screen or um, sheet protectors on that turned that turn into a face mask. We ended up, we, you know, we ended up buying them in a parking lot somewhere. But it's just, you learn. That's an, an example of learning. Hey, how do we procure these things? And just, I don't know who ran across who. It's all chance, but wow, amazing. Yeah. That's really great. What a wonderful story. And um, I just want to say that Joe Angel Angelelli. I hope I said that right, Joe. Um, he mentioned great to hear such stories of collaboration. And I think that we're all feeling that in this industry that collaboration is starting now out of necessity. We've always known we kind of wanted to do it. We all have great intentions, but now it's becoming more of a necessity and it's so great to see you guys uh, doing that. So um, thank you for your time today. We really appreciate it. And if people want to find out more about uh, Ohio Masonic Homes, what, how do they reach you? There's your website. Yeah. <laughs> yep, you can visit us on our website at ohiomasonichome.org. And we also have a Facebook page. So it's the Ohio Masonic Home. And all of our campuses have pages as well. So check oh, it out. Awesome. Thank you for awesome. having us. Thank you very much. Thank yeah, you. Thank you guys. And again, I just applaud you you guys being some of those beta testers, those first, you know, first line to really take that, that opportunity to really expand both your knowledge and what you're doing for your residents. That is, it's really refreshing to hear. So I, I appreciate that. Well, thank you. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for getting the message out there about our industry and all the good things that are going on. Have a great rest of your Friday and hopefully it'll be a calm weekend. For you as well. Yes. Thanks Have for joining us everybody. And thank you, Scott and Katie. Have a great thank weekend. You. Thank you.